Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. In this week's sermon, Pastor George preaches about retelling, reframing, and releasing your regret. This sermon was preached on October 23rd, 2022 at Lingostown Life. Well, we're wrapping up this uh, series of messages on regret, and I hope that you have got something out of this series. Um, Hopefully you have taken some time to reflect, and if you haven't already, you're going to in just a few minutes. All right. Now, uh, the headline read, The Merchant of Death is Dead. The Merchant of death is dead. It was a headline above an obituary. The strange thing that morning when this gentleman opened the paper in 1888 was that he was reading his obituary. Hopefully not something that we do too often. Uh, You may have heard this story before. It's the story of Alfred Nobel, and he awoke one morning to read in the French paper that he had died. You see, somebody at the newspaper had mistaken the death of Alfred's brother, Ludwig, for Alfred. But what caught Alfred's attention was the headline, The Merchant of Death is Dead. And it irritated him. It it just irritated him to no end. Uh, Alfred Nobel was a Swiss chemist. He was an inventor. He was a very intelligent man. He could speak and read in five different languages. None of that was ever mentioned. Only the fact that he had the patent on dynamite and he had become, as a result, a multi-millionaire. The obituary didn't tell anything about a, a brilliant mind, but only a greedy and amoral man who had made his fortune selling pe- people the tools for obliterating each other. So, move forward eight years, Alfred Nobel finally does die, and this time when he dies, he leaves a surprise behind. Because he doesn't leave his massive fortune to his family, but his estate establishes a set of prizes quote, for those who during the preceding year shall have conferred the greatest benefit on mankind. And you know those prizes as the Nobel Prizes, which were just handed out a week or two ago. Anyway, it was Nobel's reading of his obituary that caused him to regret what he would leave as a legacy in his life forever being known as the merchant of death, and he didn't want that. So he chose instead to rewrite his story. He allowed regret to motivate him to rewrite his story. Now, we've been talking about regret over these last three weeks, And we've been talking about the power of regret to to take us backwards so that we can move forward. And we've shown how the events of our past have, have somehow or another shaped us into the person that we are today. 
whether our regret was something that we've vowed never to do again or it was a decisive moment in the past when things changed, what we learned in that first week was that we needed to allow our regret to lead us to turn a direction around to repent from our past and to find ourselves living in a new direction. Then in the second week of this series, we talked about how we do not need to be trapped in the past and filled with shame for what we've done. You may remember that was the week that I brought my friend the skeleton, okay? And, and you remember we talked about the fact that, that sometimes we feel like we've got skeletons in our closet. We don't want to open the, the door to let the light in. We talked about the story of Adam and Eve and how they, they hid from God. They tried to, to hide their shame. And, and we reminded all of us that, that God didn't go looking for Adam and Eve in the garden because he was angry with them, but because he had grace for them. And so we need to be willing to open the door and let the light in so that God's grace can be active in our lives, and we don't have to live in shame any longer. Then last, oh, I forgot. And that week we also said this, okay? How many of you remember this? We are to, oh my, you, you remember the actions probably. You were supposed to re resist the shame and embrace the grace. See, got it. See, all you gotta do is practice the motions. Resist the shame embrace the grace okay i don't have any more motions to show you so just remember that one okay uh last week last week we talked about how we move forward and we use our superpower anybody remember what your superpower is uh counterfactual thinking okay See, you got to practice these things during the week, folks. That way you remember them. Otherwise, 72 hours after this message is done, you'll forget everything I said, okay? So I, I like to believe counterfactually that you will go home and practice what I'm talking about today. Some of you got that, some of you didn't. Anyway, counterfactual thinking is your superpower. It is your God-given ability to think about what you did in the past and to know how to rewrite the script of your life. Now, one of the things I talked about last week was how important it is uh, to, to have other people help us reflect on our regrets so that they can give us the ability to, to use our counterfactual thinking and see things from a whole different perspective. One of the things I talked about last week, you probably don't remember this, but one of the things I talked about last week was they did a study and they said that people, when they were dealing with their regrets, if they, if they talked into a microphone and, and recorded something for 15 minutes or wrote for 15 minutes, that it helped them to have a better life satisfaction skill, okay? And... Uh, I, I got to tell you, this past week, I actually used my own sermon in my life. 
And one afternoon, I wrote, and I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. It wasn't necessarily about regret, but I just wrote, and boy, did I feel better when I was done. I felt better because in the process, I was able to use some of my counterfactual thinking. I was able to think of things differently. I was, I was able to retell things differently, to reframe things differently. And, and ultimately, I was able to release that whole experience and see it from a new perspective. So this week, we're going to give you the ability to process some of your regrets with one another because, as we say, retelling them, oftentimes doing that and listening to somebody else give us some, some insight, helps us to see how our regrets are something good. And so we're going to come back to this foundational verse. You didn't know it, but this verse has been the foundation of everything we've talked about. And it's Romans 8:28, and it says this, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. Now, I want you to understand something. I didn't say that every experience in life is good. Nor did I give you the prosperity gospel line that says that God wants you to have everything good in life, including a Cadillac and a mansion, okay? Definitely not what Paul was writing about when he wrote this verse, okay? What, what Paul did in writing the book of Romans was to really sort of lay out a theological masterclass. I mean, he covers it all. He talks about sin and grace. He talks about the nature of who Jesus is. Um, he, he talks about the process of salvation. And then we get to chapter 8, where this verse is, and, and he's talking about the fact that we live in a fallen world. And he makes it clear that life is not perfect. Any of you who have a perfect life, I'm sorry. I just told you the truth, okay? We don't have a perfect life. But he also makes it clear that in the pain and the suffering, and, and while Paul doesn't use the word regret, I think that you can find it in there. He, he tells us that all of creation, along with us, is groaning. But he says it won't always be that way. He said there's a time of glory that is coming when Christ will return, and in preparation, what you and I have to do is we have to grow in our faith. We have to learn. We have to be disciplined. But the, here's the important thing to remember. We're still going to make mistakes. We're still going to make mistakes. But God's grace is greater than all those mistakes. And so that's what leads Paul to say that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. So those regrets that you have in your life, yeah, they're unfortunate, but God can redeem the regrets in your life. Those mistakes you made, those sins that you've committed, God can use even those to grow you, to strengthen you, and to teach you how to become more like Jesus. Now remember, Paul's not saying that God makes everything good. 
okay? That would be buying into prosperity gospel stuff that would lead us to not even ever worry about changing anything in our lives, okay? God allows the consequences for our actions to happen. But then God has a way of using those consequences to help us rewrite an amazing story in our lives. And it happens through God's grace and the redemption that we have through Jesus. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to take a little bit of time and allow you to process some of your regrets. Now, as I, as I, as I said earlier to, today at the first service, don't be afraid. We're going to have a little bit of silence in the room. You might be silent where you're sitting. You might hear some people around you chatting, and that's going to be a-okay. But here's what we're going to do, okay? I'm gonna, there's, you need your sermon outline. If you haven't gotten it out of your bulletin by now or pulled it up on your Bible app, do that now. You're not going to miss anything too important that I'm going to ask you about next week, okay? Got it? Good. Okay. So what you need to do over the next few minutes, I'm just going to give you a couple minutes to do this. There are 10 questions there on your sermon outline or on your Bible app. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to maybe talk to somebody or maybe you just want to have a conversation between you and, and the Holy Spirit today about some regret in your life and how you can reframe it and then release it. Okay? So there's 10 questions here. I think that's 10 questions. And uh, I'm just going to say, here you go. Talk to somebody, okay? If you don't want to talk to somebody, that is absolutely fine. I'm going to shut up for the next two, three minutes. And uh, if you're joining us online, if you want to chat with me online, I'll be on there. Um, go ahead. Bless you.
All right. Some of you are getting uncomfortable sitting there in the silence. Silence is good for you, okay? Uh, it is a good thing. And what you're doing right now is what I hope you will go home and continue to do, okay? Whether you've had somebody here to process this with or whether you uh, need to, to find your best friend and talk to them about it, uh, I want to encourage you to take a few moments today and the next couple days and go down through some of these questions. Some of them will apply to you, some of them won't, it's okay, but uh, please do that. Now, if there's, a, if there's a simple way to describe what we've encountered during this series, it is, it is that storytelling, storytelling is the power to transform our regrets. That's our, that's our superpower, right? That counterfactual thinking is the ability to rewrite our story. See, our superpower of counterfactual thinking enables our imagination to travel back in time to rewrite the events and fashion a happier ending than what the original draft actually had in it. And as Dan Pink writes, our capacity to respond to regret, to mobilize it for good, depends upon our narrative skills. We have to understand that we are always in the business of rewriting our story. And we can do that, we can do that because of the grace of God, because of the scripture that we've read this morning. But retelling the story of our regrets has a powerful influence on how we're going to view our lives. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, the fact that oftentimes the story we tell ourselves makes us out to be the bad guy or the bad girl in the story, okay? What Jesus wants to do is help us rewrite that story so that we don't see ourselves from that perspective. And what we need to do today is to begin to believe that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. And that's where I want you to focus today. So I want to close with, uh, with a story that Dan tells towards the end of his book, The Power of Regret. It's a story that he heard from Cheryl Johnson, who actually lived the story out. And uh, her story is probably familiar to all of us, okay? Cheryl regretted losing touch with a close friend in her life. Um, her friend's name was Jen, and they hadn't communicated with each other for 25 years. That's a long, long time, okay? Uh, the regret nagged Cheryl uh, to the point that she woke up uh, on, a, on, a, on a morning in May of 2021, and she pushed past all the awkwardness in her life, and she decided to send Jen an email. Now, this is how she began her email. I suspect it might be strange to hear from me after all these years. How many of you could actually type somebody an email like that right now? You know, probably most of us. The fascinating thing is that while it, took, while it took Cheryl 25 years to actually send the email, Jen replied within just a few hours. And the 
those two old friends decided that they needed to meet up and, and they, they did virtually, had lunch and had the opportunity to reconnect with one another. Cheryl then told this story to Dan and this is what she said. She said, she said, I finally got to say to her that I knew I made a mistake and how much I regretted losing so many years that could have been spent watching our lives unfold together. Now, of course, if you're like Dan, your next question is, so what happened? Well, here was Jen's response to Cheryl's statement. Jen said, Cheryl, we still have a lot of time left. We still have a lot of time left. And you know, for some of you today, even when you think about your regrets, you still have some time left. You still have time left to rewrite your story. Because what regret is, is the engine to retell our story in a way that brings about redemption. And through the grace of God, redeeming our story is just what being a disciple of Jesus is all about. And that's why, that's why Dan, Dan's last sentence in his book really is so true. Regret gives me Regret gives me hope. Say that with me. Regret gives me hope. And that hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. And regret can give all of us hope because every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good by a God who is full of grace. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you for the wisdom to remind us that you are in the redemption business. We thank you that you can, you can take every detail of our lives, even those details that we, that we regret, and you can weave it together through your grace to turn it into a story of redemption. Lord, thank you for, for the regrets that move us forward. Thank you for the regrets that help us to rewrite our story. Thank you for the regrets that lead us back to Jesus and his grace so that we can be a redeemed people. So today, Lord, as you help us to rewrite our story, may we do it in a way that brings knowledge of your grace, that helps others to see that they can also experience transformation. And Lord, may we be people who are continually filled with grace, not only as we receive it, but as we extend it to others. And we pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on the Linglestown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you, and may you go forth and love God and love others.